people episode 14 hang time i'm your host tressway and you know if those of you that have been paying attention and kind of catching on you know our, our intro videos our cold opens we like to be, be a little bit of a teaser of what we got going on this week maybe it's no surprise based on the opening video but ladies and gentlemen coach ron rivera coach what's up man not much Tress. how you doing these days you know whenever i saw you pop on and you've got the quarter zip looking sharp. I couldn't <laughs> help but notice I've got on just one of my Hawaii t-shirts from a vacation of years past. And, uh, and I'd like to apologize. This is, this is my off season. This is hang time. We kind of keep it chill. But you've got the office. You've got the chair. You've got all the pictures in the background. And you've got the pullover. So um, I just really appreciate you cleaning up. You look sharp, man. No, I appreciate that. You know, uh, just trying to finish up, put everything to bed and you know, get ready for uh, the start of the 2022 campaign for me. 2022, man, absolutely. The uh, I'm sure there's been uh, more than enough buzz going around with the whole uh, the new name, everything like that. Is it right right after the season for you, Coach? Is it is it still pretty ramped up, like a bunch of things moving all at once before you kind of kick into the off season and the build up? Like, what's kind of the timeline of a come off of 2021 into 22, or how does it how's it kind of work out for you? Well, for myself, I've always done this, even when I was a player way back in the day, Trez. What I used to do is once the Super Bowl's over, as far as I'm concerned, I'm looking forward to 2022 because everybody's zero and zero. Amen. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, we all have a chance. That's right. Heck yeah. We uh, Looking back, it's funny now that I'm home in the offseason, hanging out with the kids. My, my son, Bo, he's about to turn four. He's in this massive football phase. I mean, okay. like, to the point where the dude, when the dude gets in trouble, like we just take away football and I love it. And he's, he loves his favorite thing is there's a, a YouTube uh, just called NFL highlights and it's like 43 minutes and it'd be like, daddy, I want football and I'll just throw it on and we'll watch football. We'll throw routes in the living room, things like that. But the reason I say that is one of the plays of the highlights um, is one of, in my opinion, probably the plays of the year of JD McKissick's yep. play, or Heineke to JD in Atlanta coach. I'm on the sideline, obviously just emotionally invested kind of, it all happened so fast, but since Bo has been watching this over and over again, I forget how ridiculous of a play this is with Taylor scrambling out, throwing back to JD. And then obviously the famous, I believe I can fly that you revealed to us the night before a game, what, whatever, whatever, I can't imagine as a head coach, the emotion that you have tied into the game and watching all of us play, what the heck goes through your mind when dudes make plays like this? You know, when, when certain things happen, you know, in your mind, things do run through it as far as, okay, great, no, 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 <laughs> you know, um, it, it really does. And, and, and as you go through those emotions and you're up and down, it's like, you know, I'm watching Taylor, and on, on that particular play, I start seeing him rolling out, and I'm looking downfield for who he should throw the ball. Go, oh, there's Terry. There's Terry. No, 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 no. What are you doing? No. Oh, go. Run, J.D., run. I mean, that's what happens. And you go through that highs and lows, the peaks yeah. and valleys of your emotions are unbelievable. Yeah. You see a guy like J.D. with the ball in his hand, you just know there's a chance for something good. Yeah, he is just uh... – 
He's to the point now I've got, I've done fantasy football with some of my buddies since back in eighth grade. Our, our, our friend's dad used to have us over upstairs, order pizza, do this fantasy football draft. Well, in fantasy football coach, I don't know how much you know about it, but there's a thing called PPR, which is points per reception. So every time a receiver or running back or tight end catches the ball, that's one point. Then you add on their yards Coach JD is just a cheat code oh. in fantasy. I mean, he's just unbelievable, man. If it plays like this, I'm sure you could obviously tell why. Absolutely. You know, I'll tell you a quick story about uh, about fantasy football. So it was way back when, when I was in uh, Chicago with the Bears, I was the defensive coordinator. It was 2006. Yep. It was our Super Bowl year. And we were getting ready to play the Jets. And I was in my office working, and it was like a Wednesday night, and my phone rings. And nobody ever, you know, back then we used regular telephones. We all didn't oh, yeah. have our cell phones. So my, my, my desk phone rings. I grab it because usually the only person that called me at, at, in the office is usually my wife. Yeah. Okay, late at night. So I grabbed the phone and I said, and I said hello. And it's some guy. I go, is this guy goes, is, is this Coach Rivera? I said, yeah. I go, who is this? Hey, this is Joey. Hey, listen, Coach, listen. Um, I said, how did you get my number, Joey? He goes, oh, man, I just started pressing buttons until I got your number. <laughs> I said, well, okay, what can I do for you? He goes, listen, um, I'm deciding to play your team against the Jets, your defense. What do you think? <laughs> well, you know, I think we got a chance. I really do. I, I like our guys. You know, I think I think Brian Urlacher is having a heck of a year. And, you know, our, our rush has been good. And, and, and I like our coverage guys, you know. Yeah. We got some guys back to going to make some plays. He goes, all right, I'm, I'm going to play you guys, coach. I said, all right, Joe, do me a favor. Don't call again, okay? He says, ah, no worries. So hang up. So we played the Jets. We beat them. We actually had a pretty good day on defense. That's great. We had, we had a bunch of sacks, a bunch of interceptions, stuff like that. We held them down. I think they only scored one touchdown. That was it. Yeah. And so now it's Monday night. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm in the office. I'm finishing up my work. And my phone rings again. So I kind of hesitate for a second, and I pick it up. This coach. Coach, it's Joey, man. <laughs> I just wanted to call on. Thank you. I said, Joey, do me a favor, buddy. Don't call me again, yeah, okay? You cheat, your buddy. I said, ah, oh, no, coach, I just need a little edge this time. So uh, that was my first real introduction to uh, fantasy football because I really don't know anything about it other than, you know, players like J.D. are, are very valuable. Oh, yeah, yeah. I the, the insider trading is real, coach. All of my buddies, you, you know, the guys that got Logan, the guys that got Taylor, J.D., A.G., Terry, everybody, that T-Way, man. How's the rehab going? Is he looking pretty good? I'm like, dude, you just you just watch ESPN. You find out from Schefter like everybody else. Don't come at me with all that bull crap, man. Yeah, but it's it's real. I've had some of my former players call me and ask me, hey, what are you what are you guys planning on doing on offense? You guys gonna throw the ball a lot? You guys, what do you guys want to run it a lot? I said, okay, who do you have on your team? You know, and it's it's funny because they all ask those questions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'd be um we were we were kind of going through talking with the production team with with hang time of just like kind of obviously what that what that play was with JD in Atlanta uh, man who Jade that that play perfectly sums up how I view two of my teammates of Taylor making these plays out of nothing and then you just give the ball to JD and the dude makes some things happen we actually had Taylor on hang time earlier in the year and uh, and we talked about that 19 play. 80 yard drive over 10 minutes long. Now, I forget how many third downs we converted, but we're winning and I'm over there with cheese and I'm just thinking, all right, we're going to need a, a potentially a punt to flip the field and, you know, put them deep. 
all of those third downs, it was like, we're just kind of chomping. We're like, are we going out? No. And just all of these conversions, coach, I know that that was either a record or close to some sort of record of our franchise. I mean, that's just got to be a coach's dream. That long of a drive, you got Tom Brady on the other sideline. Well, you know, that's one of the things that, that, that you really do want to do when you play guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You don't want them to get the ball in their hands. So being able to control the clock, control the pace of the game and the tempo is huge. Yeah, so yeah. what we did was really pretty special. If you really go back and look at it and just see how methodical we moved the ball downfield, how dominant that last drive was for our offensive line. And, you know, there's an old saying, um, and, and it was an old Pittsburgh Steelers saying that Chuck Nolley used to always say to his team uh, when they got into the fourth quarter, from what I understand, was, hey, let's impose our will. Let's impose our will. Let's run the ball yeah. when we want to, and they know we're going to. He said, that's when you're imposing your will. So uh, something I, I was told, and I've always remembered that, and just knowing how gratifying it is to watch your, 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 your offense control the line of scrimmage like we did for that series. Yeah, I remember you saying that to us, Coach, that that's that, that's that next level uh, of imposing the will is running the ball effectively when they know you're going to run the ball. That is, yeah, that's that, that, that drive was something else to watch, man. But all right. So coach, we got to go to our, uh, our house call presented by Van Meter Homes. Um, coach, are you, I know how you are on the sideline. Uh, I would, I would classify you as this dependable calmness. Like you just, you always, you always look like you're thinking, but it, it looks like you're thinking effectively. Like you're just thinking of chess moves as the game goes on. I'm, I'm full blown emotion. Like I'm, I'm total, I'm just, I'm gone. I buy into everything. So me and, and you and I have in our relationship, our friendship going back to Carolina. Coach, what, what was that like for you that week leading up? I know it was an incredible game, but I, I mean, I, w I was all into it. You just appeared like, Hey, I'm just playing chess. Let's roll. Well, you know, it, it's something I learned from my father. You know, my dad was an army officer, went to Vietnam twice, you know, served 32 years. And when I got my first head coaching job with the Panthers, mm -hmm. my dad told me this. He said, Ronnie, he said, never forget this. He said, when, when you're in the heat of battle and things are going crazy and, and there's all this excitement, all this noise, he said, and everything's just out of control, your soldiers, he called the players soldiers. He said, your soldiers are going to look at you and they're going to see if you're in control. Because if you're in control, they'll calm down and they'll stay in control. And I've never forgot that. And, and that's a big part of the reason why I'm, 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 I guess I'm stoic on the sideline is that I don't want to lose my control. Um, in, in 2013, when I was with the Panthers and we got into the playoffs for the first time in a while, we played a home playoff game. And I thought the refereeing was 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 un, unfortunately one sided. And I got after the referees pretty good. And I lost my focus for a little bit during the game. And when I looked over my players had lost their composure as well, because they were reflecting what I was doing when I was yelling and complaining to the referees on them. I forgot to stay engaged in the game. And that spilled over to our players. And so from that point on, I, I really stuck to it and tried to make sure I was always in control. Yeah, because that, uh, <laughs> that's such a, to, in, in the middle of an NFL game, and as, lo as long as you have been around the game at the level that you have, 
I've played eight years and the ability to the ability to do that in the moment I as as one of the players it is it is very apparent that that is like a mission of yours that's a goal of yours and I I'll never forget uh last year or excuse me two years ago now um during the COVID year, our, our first year with you as our head coach, I just remember in this, we're in this run where we're coming back and making this run for the NFC East. And there was something where I forget who we were playing, but they were driving, they were having this long methodical drive, but we still had the lead. And you just called a timeout randomly. And I would, I'd hear you just very calmly walk over to walk over to Jack and go, Jack, get him, get him settled down. We're going to settle with a field goal, like get him, get him in the field goal mindset. And it was just, Little things like that. We end up holding them for a field goal attempt and the attempt was actually no good. Just little things like that. It's just, it's just been cool to watch. It's been cool to, to notice those uh, things. And uh, especially with, uh, with, with Cam Newton coming back. Coach, I'm 6'1", 212 pounds. Oh, and yeah. when I come back home to my buddies here that I grew up with, I'm the big guy. They call me they're like, Hey, big guy, what's going on, man. And so I always, I always love coming home, kind of pump my head up a little bit. Cause then when I walk through our locker room doors, it's a, it's a much different story there. Cam Newton, that dude just walking up next to him in pregame and then playing the whole I I'm back thing and all that stuff. That was, that was just such an awesome environment to be a part of it. And I thought it was really cool how they welcomed you back as well. Now, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, like I, I did uh, have the opportunity to, to spend nine good seasons there. And, yeah. you know, yeah. there were a lot of good ups. And, and those are things that I choose to remember more so than anything else. But, you know, the, the one thing about about size, you know, and, and he is truly built like a, uh, you know, like no other athlete I've ever seen, yeah. and, and especially a guy at quarterback. Um, but it's funny because, you know, standing next to most of your teammates, they dwarf me. They make me look small. And I'm 6'3", 240 pounds. So it's, it's funny to me when fans come up and say, God, you're a lot bigger than I thought. I said, well, <laughs> the problem is you usually see me standing next to somebody, you know, like, like, like Cornelius Lucas or, yeah. you know, um, you know or, or, or Brandon Scherf or somebody like that that just make me look small. And then they sit there and just say, ah, I can't believe you're so big. So yeah. it, I know that feeling when you talk about, you know, when you go certain places, you are the biggest person in that room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, uh, I think, I think I took a little bit of a shot too, because uh, speaking of just making me feel a little smaller, but in a way it's okay. Cause you know, he's a part of the protection on me coach here, uh, here on hang time. I'm sure as you've seen, we have a uh, borderline, the fan favorite segment of the uh, rookie that, uh, I'm both proud and nervous to say that he's been under my wing this year. Uh, but coach, I would like to introduce you to the episode 14 cheese break. So uh, here we go with cheese. Thanks Trust. Today we got blue cheese. Did you know in the production stage, the cheese is spiked with stainless steel rods to let oxygen circulate and encourage growth of the mold. The veins appear as the blue color that you see in the cheese and these veins of mold give the cheese its unique taste and smell. Let's give this one a try. I'm a little bit nervous. This is probably my least favorite one. Oh, oh. Am I supposed to swallow this up? One, point five. Back to you, Tress. Coach, that's our cheese break. Let me ask you, man, you, you a blue cheese fan? No, I'm not. I, I, have, I have not acquired the taste. I, I, I like the um, I like the uh, the smoked Gouda. That's that yeah. really is one of my favorite. 
it's um, it, it, it's got a nice uh, smoky flavor that I, I really do enjoy. Um, it, it's funny because, you know, growing up and, and, you know, my dad loved cheese. So he had all different flavors. And one of the ones he did have was he did have the blue cheese. And I remember trying it for the first time and realizing that's not for me. Um, and and, it, and it, it's almost apropos that, that, that that's what cheese does for you. Um, and I'm talking about cheeseman. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. I, I'm surprised you guys haven't reached out to the cheese it people and try to get them as uh, as a sponsor. Coach, we uh, we've been plugging hard. Uh, cheese has been uh, shooting his shot. You know, they even have. Did you know they have a cheese it snapped? It's, it's like a like, you know, like Tostitos has baked yeah. and they have we whatever it may be. There is a there is a cheese it snapped. And like, and cheese has been working hard on it. I know Velveeta has gotten back to them and they may do something with them, but I mean, you got to with a guy like cheese, man. Oh, absolutely. And I will say the neat thing about Velveeta is it melts so nice that you can spread that on, uh, on your nachos, <laughs> melt some jalapenos on with some uh, chili. And next thing you know, you, you, you've got the, the, the perfect nachos. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, coach, the, the blue cheese uh, earlier this year, whenever we went to Buffalo, we get into Buffalo early and I thought, I'm going to ask Jared Patterson, is there, like, what's what's the best wings around? I want to go get six or ten of them before I have my routine pasta that I do the night before a game. But I want to try, in his opinion, what are the best? So we go to this little spot, Elmo's. I get six wings, and I said, miss, here's the deal. And now this gal looks like she could whip me six ways from Sunday. And so I <laughs> – I come up and I said, Miss, here's the deal. I said, uh, if you don't mind, could I get, you know, just a little little thing of ranch? Cause I just, I just do not like blue cheese. She goes, Nope, we do blue cheese here. And I just stared at her and I was like, okay. And she goes, I'll tell you what, I'll bring you ranch. But if I see you dip a wing in that ranch, I'm gonna announce it to the whole sports bar. And I'm not kidding, coach. She scared me enough that whenever I was holding the ranch, I would just kind of wait till she walks away and boom, I would dip one in real quick. I I think she was serious. I think she'd have ousted me in front of everybody, but I don't I don't get it with the blue cheese, man. I don't either, but I will say this. I do I have done the wings with the blue cheese and I get the flavoring. Okay. There's a reason for it. And it gives a little different touch to the flavoring. So that's probably, you know what? That's probably the only time I really do appreciate the blue cheese. Okay. I have not tried that one. So I'm not going to knock it till I try it. I'll try some Buffalo with the blue cheese, but oh, uh, you got to give it a, you got to give it a shot. At least give it a shot. hundred percent coach. Uh, you know, having, having cheese as my rookie got to have some, some fun, light, you know, hazing, things like that. Coach, I'm just curious. You're coming in as the college hotshot to the Bears. Did they? Uh, what? Any? You got any little rookie stories for us that you had to go through, man? Yeah, you know, one of the uh, things that you have to do is you have to bring donuts on Saturday morning, and you had to bring milk, chocolate milk, and orange juice for the vets. You know, because back then we didn't have cafeterias like you guys did. You know, okay. like you guys do now. Okay. And so one year, one of the rookies forgot to bring the donuts and the, uh, and, and the, and the milk and the chocolate milk. So <clears throat> one of the other guys, he ran to the store to get it. So he gets the donuts, he gets the chocolate milk, he gets the milk and the orange juice shows up and Steve McMichael, God love him. Just a tremendous football player, heck of a teammate too. Um, he goes in to get his donut and then goes to get his chocolate milk. And it wasn't the Nestle quick chocolate milk. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you hear this 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 Texas twang. 
Are you? Well, I can't say. This <laughs> is a family program. He said, are you fire trucking kidding me? Where's the Nestle quick chocolate milk? Are you kidding me? Who got these? Which rookie was supposed to get these? And all of us rookies were petrified. No doubt. We all, we all threw, the, threw the one rookie under the bus. Yeah. He did. The next thing you know, Steve, he grabs this kid. They take him outside, and they tape him to the goalpost. Oh, my okay? God. They walk back in, and they say, if we catch any of you other rooks helping your boy out, we're going to tape you together with him. So we had a team meeting we had to get. So we go downstairs for team meeting. They do roll call, and as they're going through roll call, um, this one young man, he wasn't there. Yeah. And everybody kind of looks around, and, and Dicka goes, okay, what's up? And somebody says, oh, he's taped up outside, coach. Oh. He brought the wrong milk. <laughs> so he says, all right, you rookies go on time. Well, we were like, we first thing we did, we, we looked over at McMichael. He looked over at Dicka, and Dicka said, get. So we all went out, and we we, we cut him off from the, uh, from yeah. the goalpost back inside but uh no i was see i was lucky i was the second round pick wilbur marshall was the first round pick so wilbur he caught most of the brunt so okay. i just stayed in the background and you know i kept my mouth shut didn't do i was a good rookie now you know they told me to do something i went and did something no doubt they told yeah. me to pick up you know like like you know sometimes you have to pick up breakfast on your way in or you had to grab lunch for somebody yeah you know i was always i was always on time that's the one thing i made sure of no doubt i feel like i feel like unless people people are have been in it or or have witnessed it i think the sentence you said of hey he's taped up outside he brought the wrong milk other people may think god that seems a little extreme but that is just right on par for the course man oh we had you know guys used to get you used to get dunked in the uh, in, in the cold tub yep. i mean nothing was nothing was sacred i mean you you had to be on, on time be where you're supposed to be uh, you could come in from 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 practice one day and have your entire locker moved into the bathroom <laughs> By the by, the, by the toilets, okay, and they sit there and you go, you know, what 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 Why, you know? And they say because you're a mess. If you if it's gonna be messy, that's where we're gonna put you. I mean, that's what they, you know. They, they now the veteran guys could be as sloppy as they want, but that's as right. rookies, we had, our lockers had to be neat. They had to be in order, and part of the reason they had to be neat and be in order is if a vet needed something, he was gonna take it out of your locker. He could find it easily. That's right. So what you had to do was you had to make sure you had a bag of chips, you had you had candy bars, you had whatever, and they had to be placed neatly in your locker where they could find it easily. Yeah. And if it wasn't and it wasn't stocked properly, there's a good chance you'd come in and your locker was inside the bathroom. <laughs> I, I love that, man. Rookie year, you better you got to pay the dues. You do it right, and you do it right, then you're good. One get get it done. One year, man. That's it. That's all they ask is one year. I love that. Coach, I got a I got a question for you that has kind of got a few different layers. You hit it however you want. Okay. You coming from a guy that played for so long, was there was there any point throughout your career where maybe just some coaches that you had influence in you and things like that 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 you knew you wanted to go down the coaching route and and one day become a coach? And then also the the way you coach, I just. I have I have my notebook full of a lot of the <clears throat> things you share with us each meeting in our in our team meeting rooms and the one that I think will stick with me the rest of my life is uh, everything you have is everything you need and I, I I feel like that applies to any area of your life and I I really love that but 
the way you coach and, and how you began, uh, became a coach, like that transition, is that something you kind of always thought? And then how so? I, I think somewhere along the line, probably in college, I, I think I realized that I, I, well, I wanted to coach at some point in my life. Um, I really love the game. The game has been very, very, very good for me, a little cliche. Um, but it has really, it's been very good to me. And, and it's given me many opportunities. But I, I think the one thing, one of the, one of the really good lessons I learned from Mike Dickham, more so than anything else, and I try to remember this as a coach, I try to remember this as a dad, um, and, and, and I think it's important. One year, it was probably my fourth or fifth year, you know, and, and Coach Dicka was just, he, he, would, he, would, he would harp on us, he would rip on us, he would push us, he would strain us, he'd, he'd work our butts hard. <clears throat> and so I, I remember one day being particularly hard, um, and he was really just getting after us. So that afternoon, I had an, I had an appointment with him because I was, I was the player rep for the, for, for the Bears. And, uh, and so he and I would get together at least once, you know, every three or four weeks and we'd talk about stuff, you know, about what's going on. Is there something that he needed to be aware of or that he could help with? And, and you know, did we have anything that we needed as players? So I remember one time coming in and we were in there and we're, we're talking and I said to him, I said, I said, coach, can I ask you something? I said, why are you always on us like that? Why, you know, especially this time of year, what do you, he said, Ronnie, just remember this. I'll never ask you guys to do something I didn't do as a player. I just kept thinking to myself, that makes all the sense in the world. And I, but then I also thought, you know what, though, his standards real high because he's a Hall of Famer. Yes. And so him pushing us the way he did, the way he demanded from us, made me realize that, 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 you know, that all he's doing is wanting us to reach our potential because he's been there. He knows what it takes to get to where we want to be. Yeah. So we might want to pay attention and listen to him. Yeah. And so that kind of stuck with me ever since. Yeah. But then I've always thought as a coach, I would never ask guys to do stuff that I, I, I wouldn't do either. And it was because I was getting life lessons from, from him. I got life lessons from my high school coaches. Yeah. That they, I, I was fortunate. They're terrific guys. I got a great life lesson from Joe Cap. Joe Cap coached me in college my uh, junior and senior year. Between my junior and senior year, I, I, or actually it was between my sophomore and junior year, I, uh, he got me a part-time job working for a construction company. Uh, when I was uh, on summer break and I worked hard. I mean, I, I, I was getting $5 an hour, which was actually a lot back then. Um, but I was, I was on site at 7 a.m. They got me off site at three o'clock so I could go work out. I would yeah. go work out, you know, lift, run, you know, go through drills with, with a bunch of buddies. But by 8, 30, 9 o'clock, I was wiped out because remember, I was, I was going to work at seven. So I was getting up at six and it was, it was hard. It was hard work. So I come back. And I come back to campus early just to get started, you know, getting ready for the season. I noticed a bunch of my teammates, you know, were, 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 who, who stayed on campus. They're making $10, $15 an hour. And, and these jobs they were doing were cake. So I went up to Joe one day and I said, Coach, I said, what the heck? <laughs> you know, John over here is making $12.50 an hour, and he's pretty much watching the grass grow. <laughs> I got Richard over here making $15 an hour as a porter working for, uh, working for this law firm. Yeah. I said, you got a construction job working $5 an hour starting at 7 a.m. And he looked at me and all serious, he goes, was it hard work? I said, yeah. I said, did you like it? I said, no, it was hard work. I hated it, man. I was wore out. I was tired every day. It killed me. 
And he looks at me and looks, and we make eye contact. And he looked at me and he goes, good, get your education and graduate. Just like that. Wow. Yeah, man, I thought, you know what? Life lesson, man. So a lot of things that I, I do, Tress, I, you know, I want you guys to be able to not just use on the football field, but 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 take and use in everyday life. That, that's kind of why I do, what, do, do it the way I do it. Yeah, the, uh, <clears throat> I mean, that makes perfect sense here and, you know, some of the influences and things like that. I just... The there there's been and maybe it's maybe it's now that now that I'm a little older I got the kids and I I can appreciate all of these very like what I consider like heavy moments in a good way like or the good times the bad times I'll, I'll never I'll never forget this year going into that Tampa Bay game and the David and the Goliath and you had the stone and I just remember this game of complimentary football that that. Nope. Nobody gave us, nobody gave us a chance <clears throat> and we didn't do anything crazy. We just played complimentary football. We played well. We worked off of one another, things like that. And then that locker room after the game and that, I, and we'll, we'll have the video going on, on the episode. I, I have to duck out of the way by my locker for you to launch the rock yeah. into the schedule. And just those, those moments of like, yeah, like it is like we're all here. Like let's let's roll. Let's do this, coach. Do you still do you still have the rock? Where the yeah. was where the heck did all that come from? I mean, that was just such an awesome moment. You, you know, it, it's funny because you you look for moments to 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 inspire. You know, you look for moments to 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 get you guys going because truthfully, you know, people say, "Oh, you're a great motivator." No, my job is to inspire. You have to motivate yourself. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of what I've learned. And sometimes when you get into situations and, 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 and I don't know if you remember, but I I told everybody, I said, I'm not sure what it is, but whatever is keeping us from being successful, we've got to figure out what it is. And, go right, yeah. and I talked about getting ready for, for, for this game. And I started it by saying, you know, David was a 35 point underdog. Okay. And, you know, we were big underdogs coming into that game. And I, and I knew that was the mentality that a lot of people had towards us. But I, what I wanted you guys to, to realize and recognize is that no matter what the situation or circumstances are, all you needed was a chance. All you needed was a stone. And that's really where that all came from, was just knowing that all we needed was a chance. Yeah. Okay. And so as I thought about it, it, it dawned on me, you know, and, and I said this that the thing we, we, we got to keep with us that we can never, ever forget in life is that for every question, there is an answer. For every problem, there is a solution. For every Goliath, there is a David. And for every giant, there's a stone. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> Just launch it into the computer and crack the camera. That would be next level. Man. Yeah. No, nah, because uh, then Joey, Joey will get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, yeah, Coach, that was... That, that uh, just things like that, that I think that those moments that I'm sure as you've seen just in your time, it's just, uh, I'm sure it's great as a coach. It's incredibly part of as a player. You know, I really have. I've been very fortunate because to, to have those kind of highs, I mean, and, I mean, there's been some really low lows, yeah, but yeah. have those kind of highs. And, and, and really the one thing I do hope is that, is that we win the Super Bowl. And not necessarily for me, but for, 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 for the guys that have never gone through that. Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate. I've been through it. I've been through three of them. I've won one as a player, and there's nothing like it. 
and to 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 remember and see those you know because it's it's it, it's burned in my mind the 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 celebration the jubilation yeah. the excitement the thrill of it um, and then be part of a of a parade um, you know go back to Chicago yeah. and sub zero weather yeah. riding on top of these buses through yeah. downtown Chicago um, you know th there's nothing like that that experience is phenomenal and I would love. For, for, for this group of men to get that opportunity to appreciate that. Yeah, coach. Yeah. Thank you, man. The, uh, speaking of the, the group of men, uh, kind of hinted towards you a little bit earlier on some of the dudes I wanted to ask you about and just see maybe if we kind of jive on, uh, on some of the answers here, coach, you got a, uh, you got somebody that is just clearly kind of the, the team clown has always got some tricks, jokes up the sleeve, always keeping it light, things like that. You know, other than you, I think you've got, I think you've got, you've got a great approach and, and appreciation for where you are and you don't take it too seriously, which is, I think is also a good thing. Cause you know, there is a time that, that we got to look at and laugh at ourselves, but JD McKissick. Yes. Is somebody that, that, that to me is, is that, is that bright spot. Yes. When, when things are tough, you can look over at JD and he got a smile on his face, man. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he's, that's that's a guy that I, I love being around because you can see his confidence. In yes. fact, he was here today working out. You know, um, he was downstairs and 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 he and uh, Jared Patterson were working out together, and that just I mean there there was there was those two guys in the weight room, and you would think there was a crowd of people. Yeah, you really would. That's how loud they were together. Uh, yeah, just, I believe it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. JD, every every morning he and I got lockers close to each other, so every morning when we see each other, he's just always all smiles, always, you know, good attitude. But coach, there was one time I see him just, maybe it was a hat or a hoodie. I mean, just slams it. I mean, the dude is pissed and he just slams it into his locker. And I just kind of look over at him. I go, JD, you good, man? What's up? And he goes, T-Way, I just lost to connect four. And I go, like the kid, like the kids game connect four. And he goes, yeah. And all of a sudden I look and next to like two lockers down is Heineke cracking up. And I go, I take it. Taylor beat you. He's like, yeah, man, beat me again. I, I love that. Like I just, I tell my buddy stories like that. I'm like, dude, it's, it's so fun being around these ridiculously talented professional football players. And still they get pissed off if you beat them in connect four. I just, I love that. But that's what it's supposed to be because it's supposed to matter. No, no matter what you do in life, it should matter. Yep. You know, a simple game like this should still matter. You should want to be able to be competitive, be good at it, and win. Yeah. Amen. My dad, my dad used to always say, if it wasn't all about winning, then don't keep score. Just, just if you're lining up and playing, you better freaking roll, man. Yeah. All right, coach. So, I, I might have been in the mix on the team clown. Uh, I'm for sure not in the mix on the uh, best dressed. Now, this can be their swagger out at the practice field, what they bring to the table, or obviously when we got to clean up and go on some road trips. You got a best aim and or a worse dress that immediately comes to mind? You know, the 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 first name that, that, that came to mind more so than anything else was 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 Terry McLaurin as far as yeah. best. He has a you know he has a, a a very refined look about himself because he carries himself a specific way. No doubt. And, and and it's the same thing that you see in the locker room or when you see out on the practice field or you see on the team play. He, he, he's, he's, he's a, he's a pro's pro. Yes. And because of that, you know, he seems to do everything um, in a, in a, in a, in a very fashionable way. Yeah. Uh, 
and and so I appreciate that with him. Yeah, yeah. The guy, I uh, I'll tell him from time to time. I'll just uh, a Mac. You're just clean, man. It doesn't matter. You're you're rolling out to practice, or you're in the the weight room, locker room, where we're going on with the team playing every time. Mac, you're just you're just clean, man. You just you're just fun to watch do life. Coach, how about uh, I know you always kind of frequent the locker room, come down and check on us from time to time. You got anybody that whenever you walk by, maybe I need to go put them. Well, they're not rookies anymore. I could go put them in a stall somewhere in the bathroom. But, you know, the the you pick pretty much any offensive or defensive lineman. Amen. <laughs> and you're going to get a pretty messy locker. Um, the thing that used to get a lot of the guys uh, back in the day were the ones that that the locker smelled, you know, oh. um, whether it was from their footwear or the fact that they hadn't had their pads washed yes. or something like that. Um, that's, that's when it gets pretty rank. And, and that was one of the things that we used to get judged on. Um, as far as that we used to have, you know, because back then we didn't have all the stuff that, you know, that, that, that are available now to you guys in terms of cleaning the shoulder pads, cleaning the helmets, yeah. cleaning the shoes out, getting the shoes dried. Um, we had to learn, you know, we, you had to do that on your own. You had to care enough that you weren't going to stink the place up, that you were going to take it in yourself. Um, you know, and, and quite honestly, a lot of times, you know, you would basically just go in there with your gear into the shower and, and, and soap it up in there and clean it out, you know, put it in there and let it dry um, to, 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 to keep it from stinking. But uh, back in the day, you know, the offensive linemen or defensive linemen were usually the worst ones. Yeah, no doubt. They're always the guys post post practice, you know, you're grabbing, grabbing a bite to eat or having good conversations, things like that. And I'd see them take their gloves off and I'll never forget who it was early in my career, but we were just having a talk and they go, T way. That was a great conversation, man. I go and I shake their hand and I went downstairs to eat. And like, as I'm about to take a bite and I'm holding my fork, I can still smell that dude's hands from his gloves and just, <laughs> I mean, yep. you said it, Coach, just rank. And so ever since then, anytime I never want to be a jerk to him, but I kind of shy away from the uh, just took the gloves off handshake or I'll just give him a little elbow. I'm like, yeah, I'll catch you later with that one, man. You need to go wash your crap first. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. you're right about that. that that's uh, who. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Coach, uh, we talked we talked a little bit about a little bit about Terry McLaurin. Um, I've also been in contact with Jonathan Allen, Kendall Fuller. Coach, you know, the the we report back in April, um, you know, got the weekends off. Coach, I think we're getting a little bit of a, a good uh, good golf crew. You got uh, you got any golfing planned here in the in the near future, man? Yes, actually, we are. Um, I'm getting ready to, to, to take my break. You know, I, I've been working since the season uh, has ended. And um, so what's going to happen is we're actually going to take a break starting this Saturday. We're going to go out to California. Got to get an opportunity to visit my uh, my parents. My dad is going to celebrate his 86th birthday. Wow. So we'll go do that. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to be in Monterey, California, uh, home of uh, Pebble Beach. Yes, coach. We're going to play some golf out there. Uh, looking forward to that. We're going to play uh, Monterey Peninsula Country Club, which is uh, right on the ocean. It's about as beautiful as it gets. And I'll most, most certainly make sure I send you a picture. In fact, you know, I got a picture. I got to show you this hole. Where's that picture? I got to find that picture. Oh, right up. So here it is. Okay. Now take a close look at this now, baby. Oh, that's, you son of a buck, man. That's oh, the, oh my gosh. I believe that's the 13th hole on the Dunes course. My gosh. 
Country Club. All right, how you like that, baby? Yes, sir. You get you some, Coach. What's the uh, what's the plan of attack with the wife? You know, for those that are they're listening and watching, you know, Coach's wife can shoot. Yes, she can. You know, um, usually early in the season I can beat her because she hasn't, you know, she hasn't really had an opportunity to play. So I go. just kind of brute force it and beat her. Uh, <laughs> but after she gets settles in, then she starts playing to her handicap, which right around I think right around right about now it's probably about a five but she's probably playing to about an eight or a nine okay. um one thing is um it's so unfair is that she hits the ball on the average off the tee probably about 235 for a lady um which is not fair yes uh, because i have to play back but you know what um um, um I, I just realized this found out i'm a senior now so i i get to move up a little bit milk it coach for I'm sure man. oh absolutely yes. not about are you kidding <laughs> she, she won't give me strokes that's the other thing too yeah yeah coach I, you know from what i've what i've come to know about you I also could see a little bit of the edge where you would not be willing to take strokes. And I'm also curious, do you have that same, you know, chess, stoic, calm mindset, or do you like to talk a little trash and get in her head a little bit on the course? Oh, no, because if I talk trash to her and I get her upset, she won't talk to me for a <laughs> I got to be a nice sword. But, um, oh, I, no, no, because that, that's one thing, because, you know, as a husband-wife deal, you know, we we play we're competitive and and she's i mean she's serious now it's funny because um they did this poll when we were in carolina back in the day and they asked people that knew us who's more competitive ron or stephanie okay okay and without a doubt stephanie is she plays you know she plays competitive golf you That's know right. leagues yeah she plays club championships, all that kind of stuff. And she is, I mean, and when she's ready to do it, now nah, watch out. So um, I've learned that, you know, that, that everything's in good nature, you know, let's, let's be nice, you know? Yeah. So, oh yeah. Cause I, believe me, I don't want to end up sleeping on the couch. Yeah, no doubt. That's the, that's the double-edged sword. You could, you could beat, you could go after the top dog in the golf match, you know, but at what cost, at least the terms of what you do, you try and get in her head a little bit. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one, coach. That's just a, that's just a smart man is all that is. Yeah. You know, one thing I, I tried to do here one time, I had a friend <laughs> ask this question. He said, um, if you ever want to get into somebody's head when just when they're getting ready to tee off on a real big one, you ask him, Hey, do you inhale or exhale when you swing? <laughs> You'd be thinking about it the rest of the round. Oh yeah. I did that to her one time and, and you know what she did? She tried to hit me with her club. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, she yeah. Started yeah. Jumping, what are you throwing with you? So then she got up there. And I remember watching her the first time she thought about it. She went, and then put her club back down. Yeah. And, went, and put her club back down. And then she ripped it down the middle about 250. And she oh, turned and said, I breathe. And yeah, that's yes. all she Oh, man, that is, I, I got to try to bottle that one up. I got to remember that with some buddies. I'd piss them right off, man. That's a that's a really good one. There you go. All right, Coach. Well, how we finish out uh, uh, hang time here, I think, I think you'll be a fan of the name uh, as a defensive guy and former defensive coordinator. Um, Coach, it's called Three and Out, sponsored by Theragun. Go to therabody.com, get your Theragun today. Coach, how it works is I'm going to ask you a trivia question. Okay. And particularly the one that I have for you, it's going to have five answers. Uh-oh. 
but you're going to have one minute to just give me three of those answers. If you can name three of the five, I'll give you a free travel Theragun that as you're tearing up these awesome courses, you maybe give yourself a little therapy and recover faster and maybe even whip about 36 in a day. Who knows? But do you have any questions for me before I give the trivia question to you? Can I Google it? Coach, I'd really, I'd rather you take the integrity route on this one and just try and give it a shot. We're about 50% of, you know, my teammates that have been taking stabs at it. 50% uh-huh. of them have gotten it, 50 have not. You, you know what's crazy about this? I'm, I'm going to complain to Sean over here. <laughs> you know, that when I do my show and had him on as a guest, we just gave him the gift. That's right. I've, I've got to work for the gift here. Coach, I'm, I'm so sorry. They just, they, they gave me some free reign and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make people, because otherwise I just get free Theragun. So it's, it's kind of a win-win for me. I'd love for you to get it right. And I give you one. If not, I just keep it. So. Uh, you know what? We're going to the specialist next, next training camp. We have to do a extra running. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. That uh, coach just, just, just something to think of. Just something to think about, Travis. Yeah, just don't just don't watch me while I run because whatever image you have of me that you know watching me just suck wind on gassers, you may just be like, "What's this? He's a freaking joker, man." You you know it's interesting though because when when I watch you kick the ball when you punt it, I've i honestly I, I've never seen it where a punter puts everything into it the way you do. I mean, it's impressive to watch. It's, it's, it's about as explosive as it gets. And it's the first time I've ever really seen a guy. I thought Mike Pilardi, who, who was with us in Carolina, was. Yeah. But just watching the way you go through it, I think to myself, he's going to hurt himself someday. <laughs> yeah, Coach, uh, I, uh, you know, Jake Sankel, Coach Engelhart, they, uh, man, they've been, they've been really awesome because I'm not – you've seen a lot of punters across the league, 6'5", maybe leaner, longer, flexible legs, and – Jake and Chad, ever since I first came in rookie year, they're like, hey, man, you're 6'1", 215 ish. Like, you're going to be an explosive guy. So I just trained that way. And I'm very thankful. That being said, when I did those kickoffs on Monday Night Football, Coach, I had kicked off since like college, rookie year ish. I was hurting, man. Oh my gosh. I was like, I, I do not miss this one, man. That was, that was a little different, but uh, I do appreciate it. Yeah. Well, it'd be like, it'd be like having a swing right handed as a golfer. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You play left-handed as a golfer? Coach, I actually do everything right-handed except for punt. Okay. All so right. I, I was just – what I used to do, like in, in college, you'd have all these fraternity guys running their mouth about a <coughs> ping-pong game or something like that. So I used to warm up left-handed, and they'd be like – everybody who thinks they're good at ping-pong, they try and flex on you in warm-ups. And I just think it's – I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. So I'd warm up with my offhand. And then we would shoot for serve and I'd throw it over to my right hand when we start playing. They'd be like, hey, hey, what's going on? I was like, well, I just like warming up on this side and then drop the hammer on this side. So basically what you're telling me is you're, you're Ted Lasso. Do you play I, I, <laughs> That's right. That's right. That, that was a great scene. Yeah, I, uh, I have been called Ted Lasso many a times. Yeah. All right, Coach. So time for our three and out. Okay. Your trivia question. There are... Five, five college football team names, college football team names with the word golden in their name. You have one minute. Golden Bear, Golden Knight, Golden Eagles. Okay, stop. 
Hurricanes. That was under five seconds. Coach, I can't believe that that just happened. What? You're done. You you had to name three. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, I'm embarrassed. I was, I, was, I was trying to think of what the fifth one was. I, I mean, you still can. You, you still can. I mean, hold on. Let's hit the timer. Let's go ahead and hit the timer. Okay, you got four. You got fifty-two seconds to try and pull the last one. I can't believe that that just happened. That was so fast. Hurricanes, Golden Knights. Already said it. Yeah. There's one more. Definitely the hardest one, too. Yeah, apparently it is. <laughs> Golden Retrievers. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Air Bud. Bring Air Bud into the mix. Well, my guy got a Golden Retriever to our dog. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh, God. Coach, yeah, the I... last one is Kent State. Oh, the – um. Oh, what is – oh. Coach Matsu was going to be pissed. I didn't know that. <laughs> oh, golden flashes. Uh, I almost said zips. Oh, yeah. Coach, I, I'm embarrassed to say that this morning I was like, man, I'd like to, I'd like to think of something tying in with Coach. Like, like, obviously, I hope I don't over trick him and he'll be able to throw out golden bears immediately. Oh. And no, I'd be anxious to go to the tape with the instant replay. And no way did I ever think that you would get the three answers. And I think was three seconds. So, coach, you get a freaking Theragun. And you can also say you're the only one this year that has gotten it in under 30 seconds. And then you could flex on people until you got three answers in three seconds. And you could even ask them that question. And I guarantee you they don't do that. Again. How do they do that after they make a tackle? You know, back in the day when we used to make tackles, you just get up and go back to hell. Now everybody yeah. makes a tackle. You see, <laughs> the flex and with the flex coach yes <laughs> oh man that is good coach coach thank you so much for coming on hang time it is uh it's good to catch up with you please i know you got a lot going on do not forget to send me a couple of pictures from the courses here whenever you head out to california and uh we'll get a little crew together and maybe we can first couple weekends at otas get some of the guys out there and, and have some good times we will we'll have some fun with it all right Yes, sir, Coach. Good talking with you. Uh, it's good to talk to you, Tress. Be good, kiddo.